here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, a couple weeks hiatus after the Super Bowl, well deserved. And uh, Pat and I are ready to dive back in. Although it's the off season, uh, it's been it's been busy. Uh, we got quarterback Palooza as far as free agent signings and trades and contracts and uh, the effects that that's going to have on all the position players, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Uh, is is pretty monumental for this offseason because there are some big names moving around and staying at home but losing their players. And th- this is really when you start to see how this is going to affect the draft and then down the road how it's going to affect all of our fantasy drafts uh, come April, May, June, July, August, and so forth. Uh, Pat, welcome back, man. How you doing? Good, man. I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, it's funny that we we jumped into, you know, fantasy football and podcasting and all that stuff. Not jumped into fantasy football. We've been doing this for a while, but but jumped into the podcasting this year. And I I was actually talking to my wife earlier. I was like, this is this has got to be the craziest offseason I can remember. And I don't know if it's because I'm paying more attention to it now this year than I ever have, or if it really is just there's just so many, like you said, quarterback moves, so many, you know, there's big name wide receivers moving. You know, it's just been there's been a lot going on and and I actually wanted to jump on and, and do this earlier, but it seems like even just today, getting ready for this show, I put the podcast doc together and literally like hours before we started, I sent it out and then I had to revise it because there's so many more moves being made that it's just really hard to keep up with everything. So what we're going to do today is we're going to hit you with the the quarterback moves. Um, we feel like obviously the quarterbacks sort of dictate uh, a lot of the production in fantasy football, obviously, uh, you know, being that they touch the ball on pretty much every play. So uh, we're going to, we're going to hit those today and uh, we'll get you a little bit more in tune with, you know, some of the, the other position moves uh, maybe with our podcast in a couple of weeks, but for tonight, we're going to, we're going to hit the, the big guns and the quarterbacks. And in order to do that, we decided to bring on a, a guest. Thank you for coming on, uh, Hutchinson Brown. He is the host of the Young Fantasy Mind Football Podcast. He's also a writer for Dynasty League Football and a content creator for Football Guys. You can follow him on Twitter at TYFMNFL. It's the Young Fantasy Mind NFL on Twitter. Hutchinson Brown, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. I'm super excited to have uh, be on this podcast. Sorry. And uh, I'm glad you didn't get the handle wrong because a lot of people do. Take it slow and you'll get it right. <laughs> well, I, I figured out what it was after I yeah, read yeah, it a yeah. few times. Yeah. A lot of consonants there. You're good. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Pat Sajak would be appalled by that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I'm a different Pat. All right. So, um, you know, as much as we'd love to shoot the crap with you here and, and get to know you a little bit better. I feel like we have so much to talk about, and I know that you are, uh, you know, from following you on Twitter and, and you know, having some interaction with you, I know that, you know, you're just as anxious to talk about this stuff as we are. So uh, yeah. what do you guys say we jump right into it? Absolutely. Let's get rolling. All right. So we're going to start with Russell Wilson. Wilson was the first, I think, big move uh, to happen in the offseason. Obviously, he was traded to the Denver Broncos. Uh, that deal was Wilson and a 
fourth round pick this year to Seattle. Seattle got a, a boatload of players and picks for this. Uh, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, uh, Noah Fant, the tight end from Denver. Also, Drew Locke came across in that trade as well as five other draft picks, three this year, and then a first and a second uh, in 2023 as well. So to say that Denver probably, not probably, I think Denver got the best haul of any team as far as traded quarterback in in this offseason so far. And I think they really set themselves up for success in the future. You know, obviously Denver had the pieces already there, you know, to compete. They just needed somebody at the quarterback position. So, you know, they were willing to basically sell out and and trade the trade the farm to get Russell Wilson and and hopefully compete in that stack AFC West. So Scott, I know that you are not the biggest Russell Wilson fan. But uh, I feel like even even you can appreciate what the Broncos did here on, on this one. Yes and no. I mean, again, not, no no slight on Russell Wilson. Um, giving away Locke, you, you kind of helped yourself out probably a little bit. Uh, no offense, seemed like the the odd man out uh, compared to uh, Agwe Boonham, Albert Agwe Boonham, who I think is you know going to end up probably benefiting a lot from having – Russ on the team. The five draft picks are kind of helping Seattle reload and rebuild. And not every move's finished. We don't know what they're going to do. But seeing him on a, a Denver team that looked promising, but really it was the quarterback play that limited him. You had Bridgewater, who didn't look horrible, was passable, and then got hurt. And again, Drew Locke has just struggled uh, for the most part throughout his career. You're giving him weapons probably of a similar caliber to an extent. I mean, Judy... Sutton, we mentioned the tight end. You have Javante Williams there. Uh, Tim Patrick, who is quietly one of those waiver wire darlings. And then obviously whatever they possibly maybe add in, in free agency. I mean, I think that, you know, the honeymoon phase should be good. Um, their offensive line's always been solid in Denver, so that should keep him upright. Maybe he doesn't have to cook as much. Maybe he could get the groceries ready and and, and kind of be utilized in a situation like that. But overall, I, I I mean, I think it's a good move for him, but at the same time, when you know there was talk of him going to the Eagles or uh, a couple other teams, at the age that he's at, and if he's looking to extend his legacy more than anything, I take it with a grain of salt. It's a tough division right now. With obviously, you got Mahomes, you got Justin Herbert, who looks like maybe the best of the group, and and Derek Carr, who's you know a little underrated, and now you know there's a reunion with a former teammate who who looks to be maybe taking that offense to that next level. Uh, it's probably going to be the most competitive division, uh, I think, maybe pound for pound. It's just a matter of did they give up too much to get him, and if they don't hit that window before it closes, uh, you know, it's going to be a little little tough to justify. So you, hopefully they have something going on with that, but uh, it remains to be seen. And, and again, he's still a, an elite-level quarterback. Hutch, what do you feel? I mean, I think Denver is really just pushing all the chips in like uh, L.A. did last year and saying, you know what, we're going all in. Russell Wilson is going to win us a Super Bowl, and it really looks like they're going to be competitive in this division. I know this division has Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and a lot of great players and a lot of great teams here. But I think I just don't see a world where they're not competing in this division. They have a stellar offense now with Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, and maybe Melvin Gordon. If they do resign him, they have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Albert O. Like they just have so many amazing pieces on this team now and for fantasy wise like all of them get just a ginormous boost with russell wilson i mean in fantasy we want to target players that are alongside amazing quarterbacks like you know as you see a lot of the breakout fantasy players you see a lot of those top guys a lot of them are with great quarterbacks and great offenses and 
I mean, the, the, the Broncos offense has been dealing with terrible quarterback play for a while now. And all these guys get a huge boost now that Russell Wilson is going to be the quarterback. Yeah. And I think that Denver, they've been slowly building that defense for the last few years. And I feel like obviously Denver is, as you both probably know, Denver is actually for sale. The, the, the ownership uh, group there is selling the franchise. And I think that, you know, what better way to sort of add value to what you're selling than to, you know, add a guy like Russell Wilson and, and potentially take that, uh, that franchise to, you know, to another Super Bowl. So um, I think that it was a really smart move on their part. I think, like Scott said, we will see if they pay too much. Um, I think if they, if they get a Super Bowl victory out of it, I don't think that you can consider what they gave up too much. But if they just sort of hang around, compete in that division and, and you know, make the playoffs, but, but don't really win uh, another Super Bowl, then, you know, that that argument will continue to be had probably, you know, years into the future, because giving up that many draft picks and that many, you know, decent players that can definitely hurt you moving forward. So Denver is, you know, like you said, Hutch, they're pushing they're pushing all the chips in here and um, it, it really needs to work out for them in order for them to, uh, you know, to not have to look back and realize that, you know, maybe maybe it was a mistake to uh, to give that much away. But you need a quarterback in this league. And, and that's why we're doing this podcast specifically on the quarterback position, because it obviously is the most important position in the NFL. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was not traded. He just decided to come back to green Bay, uh, signed a new three year, $150 million deal. Four year. Yeah. It was a four year, $200 million deal. I think 153 was guaranteed, but I think You're over right. the next, right. I think over the next three years, 153 is, is guaranteed. It's going to go. Yeah. 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 You're right. Crazy. Thank oh, you. So he could buy the Broncos. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He could buy the Broncos. <laughs> so uh, when he first resigned with Green Bay, it just seemed like business as usual. All the same pieces were going to be there. They had, uh, they had franchised Devontae Adams. And, you know, you just kind of thought, okay, that, you know, Packers moving forward, I'll be drafting Adams as a top three wide receiver next year. And, and Aaron Rodgers is probably a top six or seven quarterback. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the big trade happened with Devontae Adams. And I know, you know, we're trying to stick a little bit more to the quarterbacks in, in this episode, but I, I feel like you can't really, you can't really talk about Aaron Rodgers without talking about Devontae Adams. It's been, you know, so many years of the two of them together, just owning the, the NFC North. So, what do we think about the Rogers fantasy value going forward, not knowing where, you know, wh- wh- what kind of receiving weapons he's going to have on, on the offense this year? Hutch, I'll let you jump in on this one first. How do you feel about that? I mean, right now, like I'm working on some 2022 rankings. I have them like worked out. I haven't posted them yet, but I'm working on them right now. Rogers is stat out as my quarterback 13. Like I don't even value him as a top 12 quarterback at this point. And I'm, I mean, when they bring in a Julio Jones or a Tyler Lockett, even if they go for a trade, like that will definitely rise into the top 12 again. But without Devontae Adams, I just don't see a top six, maybe even top eight finish for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, those two have just been connected for so, so long. They've just had a dominant stretch together. And, you know, the receiver doesn't make the quarterback, but Rodgers has certainly been helped in his career by Adams. I just don't see a world where Rogers steps back in that elite category without Adams there. Yeah. I think with Rogers, it's, it's funny because I've been sort of going back and forth in my head because 
before Devontae Adams was, you know, the guy he played alongside of, you know, other receivers uh, in Green Bay who have all been pretty fantasy, you know, relevant or, or productive, if you will. Um, guys like Jordy Nelson, guys like Randall Cobb, you know, there, there's, you know, going even further back when, you know, sort of when Brett Favre sort of seceded the job to, to Rodgers, they've always sort of had someone step up. And I'm kind of curious, like you said, who's that's going to be if they're going to trade for somebody or potentially draft, you know, a, a rookie in the first round. It's, it's very interesting to me. I, I do believe that Rodgers is good enough to make a good wide receiver very good for fantasy, but it's a matter yeah. of, are they going to get a really good wide receiver? What do you, what do you think is going to happen with that? Scott, I, I I'm interested. I know that you are the King of, uh, you know, these, these outlandish trade ideas that somehow always seem to, to come to, to fruition somehow. What do you see? Oh, cause it, f- it follows me into fantasy because I'm usually <laughs> a nut when it comes to trading too, but we won't go there. No, all kidding aside, and I mean, both you guys know for years the joke has been that they didn't really get him help through the draft, so to speak. Um, They never know. Yeah, you have two first-round picks for them this year, 22 and 28. Obviously, you have a slew of wide receivers coming out of college that are all considered, you know, it's one of the deeper drafts. Whether they package those two and trade up to get one of the more dominant guys or wait for like a Traylon Burks, who's a 6'3", 232, Almost could be a guy to maybe fall in line with that. Um, the wide receiver from Ohio State also is pretty solid. Drake London's high up there. I, I know he's coming off injury. Yeah, If they don't do it this year, then it's just basically a slap in the face. But it's also, hey, we're paying you that money, so make these guys better. Looking at their current roster of wideouts, you got Alan Lazard leading the group. Amari Rogers, a second-year player. And then you got Jawan Winfrey, Randall Cobb on his list, like Malik Taylor, uh, it, it, they have to do something. I think the the corollary to this, and maybe you guys agree, is that you would think at least between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who I kind of liked a little better, I think they're going to get a boost. I mean, I, I got to think that even if they do draft a rookie, uh, they're not going to force Rodgers. He's going to do his thing. He's accurate. Everybody loves him. But he does that, you know, 22 for 28 a game. If they get into the backfield more, he relies on those guys a little bit more, even for dump offs and screens. Uh, maybe Tanya comes back a little bit healthy. Uh, I know the rookie they had last year or, or second-year player, DeGuro, had a little action at tight end. But they're going to have to draft somebody. I mean, there's no way. You're, that would be the make them the laughing stock of the league if you have two first-rounders, a deep wide receiver pool, and, and do that. Now, a free agent, maybe they take a shot, like you said, maybe a Julio, maybe Odell, or, or they go somewhere possibly a little cheaper and just look for somebody with hands, like a, a Jamison Crowder or or the – Auden Tate that's out there at 25 that everybody thought was going to be a solid wide receiver, but he's been behind people. Maybe they take a shot on that to develop somebody, but yeah, they're going to have to draft somebody. There's no way. Yeah, they could. But uh, I also, honestly, if I were the Packers right now, I'd be calling the Seattle Seahawks about DK Metcalf because there have been a lot of reports saying that they could trade him and they have two first round picks. I honestly would think that I would be calling the Seahawks looking for potentially trading for DK Metcalf and just, get an alpha wide receiver one, but I think they could also approach it like bring in a Julio Jones or an OBJ and then draft like a Chris Olave in the back of the first or Jahan Dotson and just have those two guys there and just work with that. Cause I feel like, you know, signing Rogers this big of a contract for a few years and you know, these are his last years of his career. Like he's getting older. 
like the Packers need to win a Super Bowl now. Like they're not looking to develop a wide receiver. So I feel like the smart move for the Packers would be go for a veteran as their wide receiver one rather than just get a rookie because that you'd be wasting a year trying to develop this rookie wide receiver. Yeah, you definitely have to have somebody who could come in and play. And and I don't think there's a Jamar Chase or or Justin Jefferson. I think there's good wide receivers. There's not. Because I feel like a lot of people in fantasy this year are might are going to try to like make one of these new receivers, uh, the next Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. And it's not going to work out because that was Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Like those were elite prospects coming out of college. Like these guys, they are great, but they're not Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. So we should be very uh, cautious if we're going to start drafting receivers, these new receivers higher. Yeah, I think that's going to be the the buzz because of the last two years and how great those guys were. I think you're absolutely right. And I think especially whoever Green Bay drafts, I I can already see they're going to go too high in fantasy drafts from from August. But I mean, that's just the name of the game. You're trying to you're trying to roll the dice, I guess. But it's going to be interesting. I think I I think you're absolutely right. I think the Packers are definitely in a win now, you know, mindset and and they're going to have to do something. You know, there's there's still some guys out there. I've heard uh, Jarvis Landry to the Packers makes sense since he was released. He's a, a really reliable guy. You know, Aaron Rodgers loves guys with, uh, you know, that don't drop passes and, and Landry's got great hands. So there's, there's a lot of options, but I think that the fact that their goal is to, is to win a Super Bowl within the next, you know, three or four years while they still have Rodgers, because there's no, there's no reason to, to bring him back and, and sort of go through all of that salary cap, you know, minutia that they're going to have to deal with over the next few years. And if, if they're not, you know, competitive and, and attempting to win a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I completely agree. All right. So let's move to a team who probably won't be competing for the Super Bowl. At least uh, none of us hope so. The, uh, the Washington Redskins acquired Carson Wentz through trade. Well, uh, they the commanders get- now. Oh yes, you're right. I'm sorry. The Washington Commanders. I still can't get that. I've I've been they've been the Redskins for so long, and in my brain, uh, it's going to take me probably two years before, and then they'll probably change the name because Commanders is terrible anyway. But uh, we're already calling them the Commies. (laughs) Just ironic. Yeah, go figure. I've heard that one. So uh, so the the Commanders get Carson Wentz. uh, They get a 2022 seventh round pick, and they swap second round picks with the Indianapolis Colts who also get a 2022 third rounder, number 73 overall, and then a 2023 yeah. uh, third rounder, which could turn into a second rounder if Wentz plays uh, 70% or more of the snaps in Washington. So, yep. what? I mean, we're, we're Eagles fans here. I, I know, you know, yeah. m- me personally, my, my love for Carson Wentz at 2017 season was... 90% Carson Wentz. And then, you know, unfortunately he did get hurt and, and Nick Foles sort of took the team to the promised land and, and won that Super Bowl. But I felt like coming back the next season, I really felt like Wentz was going to sort of pick up where he left off. And I'm not really sure what happened or, or where that sort of, you know, fork in the road happened for Carson Wentz, but he just didn't seem like the same guy. He definitely didn't seem to be in that 2017 form this past year when he played in Indianapolis. And I think that Washington's doing what they need to do to get their, you know, their offense kickstarted a little bit. They went the the Ryan Fitzpatrick route last year. That obviously didn't work out with his injury, but do you really feel like, do, do either of you guys feel like Carson Wentz is the answer for Washington? Or do you think this is just a, do you think maybe they, you know, are, are 
planning on drafting a quarterback or, or I don't know. It just, to me, it doesn't seem like this move was imperative because they feel like they can compete right now, but maybe they do. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, this is, I feel like this is just a replacement right now. And then in 2023, when they're a horrible team, because I really don't think they're going to be competing in this division, even if it's a horrible division, they're going to be a pretty bad team, probably have a top 10 pick in the draft. And since that 2023 quarterback class is looking pretty amazing right now, I think they're going to start looking at a quarterback there. But yeah, this offense, I feel like because Carson Wentz is not like we saw him on the, you know, we, we saw him in Philly with his 2017 season play with Frank Reich. And everyone, when he was going to Indy saying, oh, reuniting Frank Reich, he could be that guy again. And he wasn't. He just he just really did not play well. And if Frank Reich can't fi- fix Carson Wentz, nobody can. I mean, the Colts were literally begging teams to try to trade for him. Like they clearly like stated, like they do not want Carson Wentz on their team. He's clearly a locker room cancer and he's just a problem. So I feel like this offense right this year, people are going to try to say that Carson Wentz is going to move the needle for these guys. And Carson Wentz is going to, like for and Terry McLaurin and Tony Gibson. And he's just not because he's not that caliber of a quarterback. So I think he's just, he's disappointing this year and the Washington commanders draft a quarterback. And then he's just kind of a bench guy for the rest of his career. I hate to say it, but it, it, he's just broken. I mean, look, I was a big fan of the Bronco. I, I will go there. I was LTBB, if you're a WIP listener, uh, for forever. Um, the story that got me this offseason was hearing that uh, during 2017, 2018 Super Bowl run, when supposedly he was injured, obviously, and, and now for the season, and basically had made comments to other injured players about not – the way they made it out to be was that he, he basically was uh, – you know, mad, jealous, whatever, that, that the team was successful without him uh, to the point where uh, there was basically almost a fight or an argument, you know. And again, it's a he said, she said, it's a story. But hearing yeah. the, the the locker room stuff is one thing. Now, he'll fit right in in Washington where that's a train wreck. Obviously, we've seen that for years. The stadium's bad. The team's bad. The ownership and, and whatnot. As a player, as a fantasy football player, like, for instance, in our league of record, uh, we do NFL.com with some like basics for quarterbacks. We do six points a touchdown. So it's like he was QB 12 in our league. His Stats wise, he's going to get you home. And I mean, seeing what he did and didn't do in Indy was, yeah, you know, they were Jonathan Taylor led. And then, you know, they did make the playoffs, obviously, and it seemed like they wanted to move away from him. But He's not going to elevate Terry McLaurin, who, again, in our league was wide receiver 25. He's not going to put him in the top 10, but he's probably a little bit stronger than Taylor Heineke as long as he stays healthy and as long as they still continue to do the ground and pound uh, dynamic duo with, you know, J.D. McKissick came back and Gibson's healthy. Maybe Logan Thomas is there, uh, you know, and that that our division, the NFC East, you know, that we'll call it our division because we're all Eagles fans. It's yeah. it's always there for the taking. I mean, Dallas just can't get out of their own way and no matter what happens. And, you know, the Giants quietly could end up building a little bit of a team now that they got rid of a high school football coach. And, and now you're looking at this team in Washington with Wentz. He gives you a little bit with his legs, although they're horrible interceptions when you see them in highlights. He doesn't throw a ton of picks, but they're game enders, some of them. Um, I, I don't think he's going to make them light years better, but he is an improvement on Heineke. And yeah, basically a placeholder. And he's got to wise up and know that at this point in his career, 
this is probably your last shot to be a starter because if you screw this up yeah and don't even make that team 500 let alone, which 500 can get you in the playoffs then yeah he's basically just going to ride pine and and maybe early retirement he's going to cash in he's got his money he's good and he's got his ring technically but yeah if he wants to be a starter and, and grow up and understand how how football really works then this could be the last real opportunity for him but making players better around him Yes, compared to Heineke, but yeah, he's not going to make anybody elite top 10. Now, if he stinks, maybe they lean on Gibson a little more subtly. He's just thrust into that bell cow, borderline bell cow with McKissick, and those two guys end up being both top 20s just based on the offense. That That's the only factor, but it's not to his benefit. It's to his detriment. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's, a, uh, he's definitely an upgrade. I do agree with that, but he's definitely not a guy who – you know, I'm going to, you know, last year I was big on Carson Wentz and, and, you know, maybe a little of that had to do with being an Eagles fan and, and, and sort of hoping that he would, he would go to Indy and be good. But even though I sort of wanted it into my heart, I, I think I maybe was a little bit blind to the reality that maybe he's just not as good of a quarterback as I believed that he was. And, and I guess we'll find out. I mean, you know, like you said, Scott, well, you know, he's got one more shot and, and if he he steps up and plays well and earns keeping his job, then then good for him. But if not, uh, I, I do agree that Washington will probably be looking for uh, a replacement either in the draft or, you know, who knows, you know, what will happen next offseason. Yep, that's exactly. That's exactly it. Mitchell Trubisky was recently signed as well by the Pittsburgh Steelers, a two-year deal worth $14.2 million. Trubisky's one of those guys who I felt like I didn't get to see long enough to, to really be able to tell. He had some really good games, some highlight plays. I think that the one playoff game that he that he brought the Bears to, he he played pretty well in that game. And and it sort of seemed like this guy could actually be be something moving forward and then played a, a really bad season the following year. And Chicago just decided to to sort of move away from him. As far as him playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers now, we all saw Ben Roethlisberger last year. He was definitely not, you know, the the Ben Roethlisberger from from 2015. He was he was old. He was very immobile. Um, not that he was ever mobile before that, but he he just he couldn't move around. He he, you know, he had one of the lowest a- average depths of uh, target or passes in the NFL last year. I feel like. Saying Trubisky is an upgrade over Roethlisberger feels sort of, you know, like blasphemy. But um, I think at at the point in the career in Roethlisberger's career where he was, I feel like Trubisky, you know, being able to get out of the pocket a little bit more is going to be a, a huge help because as we saw last year, Pittsburgh's offensive line sort of they let a lot of guys go coming into last year. Their offensive line was one of the worst uh, graded offensive lines by PFF. And I feel like, you know, at least Trubisky's got a little bit of mobility and, and is willing to push the ball down the field a little bit more, does make more mistakes, you know, at least from the limited work that he's had so far in his career. But I don't think it's a terrible signing. I just, I don't, for me personally, I feel like if I'm the front office of the Steelers, I mean, do they feel like they're not good enough to compete in the AFC? Is that yeah. why they sort of went this route? Or, Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you that he is not probably not the future. 
I, I hope for him because I, I agree with you. I feel like he hasn't had the right shot. I feel like he's gotten dealt a bad hand of cards in, uh, in Chicago. And I feel like he deserves another shot, but I feel like this is going to be problematic in Pittsburgh. I mean, we just, you just said it earlier, like the offensive line is pretty bad and Trubisky, if he doesn't have his first read or if he's, you know, pressured quickly, he panics and he makes a lot of mistakes. Like we saw that back in Chicago when the first read wasn't there or when, you know, people started chasing after him, like he started scrambling, he started making poor decisions and that's where some crazy interceptions came from. So Trubisky is someone that I want him to be good. I want him to, you know, potentially be the future for the next couple of years on this team. But I really just see that offensive line being a huge barrier for him because of his decision-making skills. Like he just, when he's under pressure, he just has none. He just doesn't have any. He doesn't have it when he's under pressure. And that's going to be a big problem in Pittsburgh. Yeah, unless they address the offensive line. Scott, how do you feel about yeah. Trubisky in, in Pittsburgh? Well, and both of you are, are correct. I mean, the, you know, don't, again, ironically, we're going Eagle-centric in this, but you know, they all but beat us in that playoff game. And, and that could have taken that trajectory for him, Matt Nagy, that whole team into a different direction. Yeah, they should have uh, been in that game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, it is, you know, and, you know, we were playing with house money the next game and woulda, coulda, shoulda that, you know, Alshon makes that catch equals probably win that Super Bowl, but we're going to let that go. But no, I mean, at the same time, yeah, he was drafted a lot higher than he should have been. I mean, there's another guy we're going to talk about in a second that he was drafted ahead of. And there's another quarterback out there that is considered the best in the league that he was drafted ahead of. And that's a lot of pressure to be put on somebody. And yes, in a situation where offensively he was supposed to be the guy, the mobile quarterback type thing, you know, pr prototype new NFL. And they were a defensive first team and, and it just didn't work out. Seeing him in Pittsburgh, it's an upgrade over Ben from last year, but it's not an upgrade over, yeah. you know, historically one of the him and Bradshaw are going to be the two biggest in that that town. Offensively, uh, again, if you're a Najee Harris owner, you are probably just, you know, raising the roof right now because you know that you don't have a quarterback maybe in there that you're expecting to take over and dominate, where he's a guy who's came right out and gangbusters and looked amazing another alabama running back coming right in and just just owning it but to see trubisky there i think if they give him the opportunity to do a little bit now offensively like you say the o-line's bad there's some depth in the in the draft there could be a guy that they sign they have some cap space this year to just try to solidify it a little bit because if it's yeah, not they, him it, they can solidify a little bit but this offensive line if they want to jump into at least a good offensive line like a top half offensive line in the nfl like this is not like a one-year thing like this is a multi-year build of this offensive line so it's going to be bad for the next couple of years true uh yeah and and we saw that a little bit like you say with with last year and and yeah and everything else now is he going to be decent uh, you know he's probably going to be a top 20 25 quarterback depending on how things go but at the end of the day yeah he's not going to take that franchise to the next level but i mean i always look on an nfl level i look at Pittsburgh and Baltimore to be the barometers of the league, the, the rivalry, the way those two play, how things go. They kind of just show you that now is Pittsburgh taking a step back because now Cincinnati's the new team. Yeah. They're, uh, they look to be out of the playoffs for the next few years. Their first round pick at 20 chances are though They, they probably do go quarterback and, and try to get that next guy in there. Could it be Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh quarterback 
from Pittsburgh that, you know, that, that whole thing, the college, they skipped Marino back in the day. That could be that guy. And yeah, within a, a couple of years, they, like you said, they then go deep and maybe make a trade or, or get somebody to try to get something tangible so that you're not getting sacked 40, 50 times a season. Yeah. I've heard they're in love with Malik Wells right now, but uh, I don't know. I don't think he's making it. I think Carolina takes them <laughs> right away because they're they're the one. I mean, Baker's out there as a wild card. Detroit? But... I think Detroit could take him number two. That's also possible. I think that's possible. Jared Goff is not the answer. But, yeah, no, we'll, no, we'll he's a, he's a statue. He's a mannequin. So yeah, I, you just you know you dress him up, you make him, you give him a, a teens number, put him out there, and have him throw him the football and, and hope for the best. All right, so let's move on. Uh, we got a few more guys to talk about, and I want to make sure we have time to hit uh, everybody. So we're going to move on to the the big trade that just happened uh, a few days ago. Deshaun Watson uh, going to Cleveland. That deal was Watson and a fifth round pick in 2024. Houston got three first round picks this year, which is the 13th overall pick. Uh, next year, 2024, so three first, and then they got a third round pick in 2023 and a fourth round pick in 2024. And then Cleveland turn around and just completely destroyed all contract etiquette by giving Watson a, a $230 million fully guaranteed deal, which uh, yeah, was in history, right? Yeah. And I, and the, the sentiment out there is that GMs around the league were very upset at Cleveland for, um, you know, basically changing the game like now that Watson has gotten a, a completely fully guaranteed contract, especially one that large, uh, you th- they kind of feel like this is the the route that a lot of quarterbacks are going to go that are signing yeah. those those second deals. So, uh, I mean, we may ha- we may have seen a shift in the way the NFL does business with this trade. So, obviously, this being probably the biggest news of the offseason the Russell Probably. Wilson deal was huge. And then all of a sudden this deal sort of broke uh, even that. So Scott, we'll, we'll let you jump in on this one first. How do you feel uh, about the, the Watson trade to Cleveland? And then what do you think it does for the Browns this year? Well, uh, again, there's currently, I guess, what, three quarterbacks on that roster. Um, you know, they, I thought, I thought I saw they signed Jacoby Brissett to technically be the backup bridge, knowing that there's probably a suspension that's going to come down and uh, whatever happens with Baker Mayfield, you know, again, like there's, there's so many things out there where you need another shoe to drop to see what's really going to happen. I mean, last year, just in fantasy, a lot of people had him on their, you know, their bench, just waiting to see if he was going to come through and how things are going to work out. The, the contract thing is, is you know, obviously non-fantasy related, but how much does he play? Does does he play a whole season before they do something? Does he get suspended the first four to six games? Does the league turn around and try to make an example because of the, you know, the lack of um, off-field things that happen to some of these players based on his transgressions that are still, you know, the legal side is one whole thing. Do they make an example of him and, and make him sit for another season? I, I mean, again, they don't care if it affects the Browns, but for us in fantasy, how relevant is he going to be? It's still going to be hard to tell if he gets a full season, half a season, a quarter season, uh, you know, as far as suspensions go. And that's that's a big factor. Now, whether or not they were running that offense through Nick Chubb and, and the running game because of inadequacies with Baker Mayfield, uh, that's one whole thing. 
they could continue to grind it out on that level, no matter what. If he's there, Watson, sure, he gives them that dynamic. Uh, it might take a minute to shake some rust off if he gets a normal season. And he didn't really get too involved, obviously, last year. And who's he throwing to? You know, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones is on that roster who shows you flashes, but is he going to be a you know an alpha wide receiver? Who knows? Do they re-sign Landry? There's whispers that could happen now that Deshaun's there. Uh, do they? Who knows? Do they reach out to Odell and say, "Hey, come back"? Or, they or have go Mark through? Cooper. Yeah, they traded for Cooper. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. Well, he'll he'll stop uh, he'll stop showing up probably in the fourth quarter when he doesn't get a look from the quarterback. But you know, we saw that with Dallas. But <laughs> yes, no, he is. Uh, He's a yeah, he's a number one wide receiver who maybe maybe gets a little bit better. But overall, I, I don't know if I, I really don't know what to tell you on his level, if he's going to be as involved as people hope, let alone as the Cleveland Browns hope. But if he makes the team better, yeah, to say it's a massive upgrade is an understatement at quarterback and, you know, with some toys to play with compared to what he had in Houston post Hopkins. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Watson going to Cleveland is. I mean, obviously, he's probably going to be suspended. Like, if he's going to be suspended for at least four games, if not more. I'm honestly frustrated because if they're suspending Calvin Ridley for a full season, oh, yeah. betting on a game, and Deshaun Watson with what he did, and he's getting suspended for like six games, it kind of makes me a bit frustrated. But that's a different conversation. But uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson, I feel like when he comes, I feel like if he. I feel like people are going to have too high of expectations for the start of his season, whenever it is, because like, he's just, he's missed like a year and a half of football. He, you know, there's been a lot of mental repercussions of what he's done over this past offseason, what people may think of him now adjusting to the new locker room. Like there's so many things that are going on around him right now that a slow start for his season has to be expected. And I feel like it's not going to be. I feel like people are going to expect him to jump in, be immediately a top five quarterback right where he left off. And I feel like we should not expect that. So I feel like he's going to be overhyped a little bit for fantasy purposes when that time comes, when he starts playing. But when he gets acclimated, when he's good to go, Amari Cooper is going to be a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. I mean, I, 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 I'm just 100% in on Amari Cooper. I mean, there's just nobody around there to trust. I mean, they brought in Amari Cooper for a reason. They traded for him, even with his deadly cap hit, like they traded for him for a reason and they're going to release Austin Hooper. This offense is just setting up to be built around Amari Cooper as the clear dominant number one wide receiver and volume is king in fantasy football. So follow the volume and that's good. That's good. It's all going to be going to Amari Cooper and you, you know, the Browns can be a run heavy team, but you got to expect them to pass a decent chunk more when they have Deshaun Watson rather than Baker Mayfield, right? You have to expect an uptick in pass temps. Yeah, you don't sign that guy to hand the ball off. Especially if you're giving him a fully guaranteed $230 million contract. Like you're gonna let this guy throw the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I think the I think that I do think the Browns are gonna either sign or draft a uh, another receiver. Um I, I, I do see Will Fuller. That'd be fun. Yeah, well, a lot of people are saying that they think that, they, that Fuller Fuller would come back to, to play with Watson again. And I think I've seen I think, some reports saying they're connected right now. Yeah. And I think that would be, that would be perfect because be you've got Cooper, who's the, you know, the possession type wide receiver and then Fuller, who's, you know, more of your take the top off, you know, the defense type of guy, although they do have they Anthony Schwartz. Athletic, yeah. Nice athletic tight end in Joku, which is great. 
Yes, and Harrison Bryan, who when oh, yeah, called upon to be a, a pass catching, you know, weapon was was pretty good. I mean, I don't think he's a, an elite pass catching tight end, but he's he was good enough to uh, you know, sort of shoulder the load when when asked to do that. So yeah, I think the the Browns offense is definitely going to uh, obviously be it, it it can't be worse. I shouldn't say that. I don't believe it's going to be worse um, be than it was. Worse. Right. I mean, it, it's you're bringing in a guy who is, you know, light years better than than the quarterback that you than you had last year. And and that's not a slight on Baker Mayfield. That's that's just, you know, that's the truth. Watson is clearly one of the most talented quarterbacks. And and maybe maybe, you know, again, we haven't seen him in, in over a year, but possibly maybe the most talented quarterback in the league with between his arms and his legs and everything, you know, it's, he's just, he's just that kind of, you know, elite talent. So I think that the Browns offense should be better again. Once, like you said, once he gets acclimated to the team and and the other players and everything. And then again, that, that suspension um, looming possibly in, in, in the forefront, but um, you have to, you have to expect a suspension of some sort. If you're out there right now listening to this and you think, that Watson isn't going to get a suspension. You're crazy. I mean, Watson, after what has happened, there's no way the NFL is just going to let him walk in and play football for a full season. There's going to be repercussions here. I do think that there's a possibility, slight possibility that, you know, I know in the legal world, it's, it's, it's a little bit different, but there's a, there's a term called, you know, time served and, and they, they will, you know, they'll, they'll basically say like, we're, you know, you're going to forgo jail time because you've already spent, you know, six months in jail awaiting trial. So that, that was technically your sentence. And there's a chance, I, I believe anyway, that there's a chance that the NFL says, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't find enough to, to criminally indict you on any charges. You've already sat out a year, although he did get paid for, for that entire year. Um, so that wasn't really a suspension, but I think that there's a chance that they could not only, you know, not suspend him because of, again, that time served, so to speak, but also because, you know, without any criminal charges, it's really hard to justify suspending somebody because now basically what you're saying is anyone who gets accused of anything, whether they get found guilty or not, is subject to, you know, suspension. Now that I think that if the league, did their own investigation and found, you know, that there, there was some truth that, you know, maybe the, the, the legal system, the justice system didn't find, then maybe that's, that's something that they could sort of lean on and say, well, we found this and, and we're going to suspend you based on the league's personal conduct policy. But without there being any actual charges brought against them, I think that he actually could potentially counter sue the league for any lost you know, uh, wages basically for an unjust suspension, but I don't think it'll get that far, but I'm just saying, you know, whenever you're thinking about making a decision like that, especially from, you know, Roger Goodell standpoint, who, you know, the guy, he he was a lawyer before he became the commissioner of the NFL. So, you know, there's always those, um, those, those sort of, uh, next level thinking that you kind of have to get yourself into as far as, if we if we do make this decision, what are the potential repercussions on us? And and I think that there's a there's a small, but albeit a, a you know a chance there that that Watson doesn't see a suspension this year. That's just my personal belief. I don't know if it's going to happen. We just had some some big moves happen today. The next three guys that we're going to talk about: Matt Ryan was traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick, the 82nd pick overall, and. Uh, 
you know, it seems like the Colts feel like, again, this is one of these situations where you see these moves happen. And when we talked about this a little bit with, with Washington, you see these moves happen and you, and you sort of connect the dots and you, and you kind of figure out, okay, does, does Indianapolis feel like Matt Ryan gives them a chance to win now? And for this one, I, I think the answer is yes. I think that trading for a guy who's at the back end of his career, who's, you know, still a, a, a very solid quarterback. He's not, you know, a Deshaun Watson or, or a Russell Wilson, but he's still a very capable, very good quarterback. I think he's going to help that offense run a lot more efficiently. And I think that the Colts kind of see that division as theirs for the taking uh, with a guy like Matt Ryan under center. Hutch, what do you, what do you feel about the, the Ryan trade? I mean, I, I agree with you that there he could win now, but what has really scared me away from Matt Ryan is seeing him without Julio Jones, especially over these past couple of years. Like it's been pretty rough, especially for fantasy purposes. Like if you go to last year when Calvin Ridley was having his ginormous breakout season and you look at the splits of where Julio was gone and where Calvin Ridley was number one, Calvin Ridley a great fantasy stats. But Matt Ryan was horrifically bad for fantasy football. And like he was just playing awful. And it was, and last year, I mean, he was not a great quarterback this year either. But I, I think he's better than Carson Wentz. I think he gives them a better chance to win than Carson Wentz. And, you know, he has a great running game around him with Jonathan Taylor, which he didn't have for much in Atlanta, especially the past few years. And he gets a really solid number one in Michael Pittman. I think the Colts are going to look either to draft or free agency even for a number two wide receiver because, you know, with Jack Doyle retiring, like they just don't have anybody outside of Michael Pittman right now that's trustworthy. So they're going to look somewhere for another wide receiver. And yeah, I think Matt Ryan could absolutely lead this team to the playoffs, but I just don't think Matt Ryan takes this team to a Super Bowl like he did with Atlanta. I just don't see that happening this year. Yes and no. I I don't think Wentz had a shot to take him last year, and I don't think Rivers had a shot the year before. And I know they're on like what quarterback like six in the last like four or five years. Obviously, the Andrew Luck thing really threw that franchise for a loop back in the day, and that's mm-hmm. you didn't get protection for your quarterback back in the day and their offensive line still has some some issues here and there sometimes but to see a quarterback of his caliber and I I think he's quietly been underrated a little bit yeah he's long in the tooth he's 36 37 years old I mean yes last year he didn't have and you're right he did not have any Julio he didn't really have Ridley uh it was Kyle Pitts or bust um he kind of Russell Gage is pretty good he had a solid season he did. Yeah. He had a couple down the stretch where he was, I, I joked with Pat earlier and I said, Oh, he's going to be your MVP for your playoffs. And he did. And then he had a couple, couple stinkers, but at the same time, I think he was still trying to get used to being that, that top guy for what Ryan gives you at quarterback. I mean, he just missed 4,000 yards again by like 32 yards last year. That would have been 11 straight years. He's one of your all timers across the board in stats. Again, a new look, a new franchise with Pittman, uh, with some cap space, with the ability. They don't have a lot of draft picks because they've been moving around a lot recently. But you're, you're talking about maybe sign another name. Uh, Zach Pascal just left them uh, for the Eagles today, speaking of moves today, uh, who yeah. was a guy who was familiar with the playbook and, and the offense there. If they go out and get somebody to help him, you know, that's great. I mean, they need to run that team through Jonathan Taylor. They know that. Uh, yeah. They, 
the game against Jacksonville when they missed the playoffs, uh, I don't even think he carried the ball 20 times that game. And that was one of those deals where if he gets it 20 times, 100 yards, they're guaranteed to win. Some of that is coaching. Some of that was Wentz and and Jacksonville just saying, hey, to heck, heck with it. We're just coming at you. But but to see Ryan on a new team with with better total offensive weapons, so to speak, uh, obviously Pitts is going to be great for Atlanta, whoever steps in. I know Mariota's there, which that sounds like another team that's going to look to take one of these quarterbacks possibly or still has a little flexibility to make a move. Maybe they want somebody like a Baker Mayfield. Maybe uh, your Jimmy G goes to, uh, you know, goes to Atlanta. And and again, he's a, he's a viable top 15 NFL quarterback. Uh, it, it's still early. I mean, with all these moves that we've seen, that's one thing. But Matt Ryan on Indianapolis, I think it makes them a, a better team. But we talked about at the beginning, the AFC West having a potential four playoff teams just in that division. Uh, it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard for the Colts. And, you know, quietly, who knows what Doug brings to Jacksonville. Tennessee's the lead in that division right now. Um, it, it's going to be tough. But a Super Bowl in the next year or two, at least it gives them a, a good quality name and, and a quarterback. To, if they do draft somebody, bring somebody in young, um, it, let alone I know they have Ellinger right now. Maybe he's not the future. But it's somebody who can bridge that gap for a year or two and, and teach somebody how to be a true NFL all-timer at quarterback. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's, I think that would be a smart move either in the next, like in this year, maybe next year, bring in a young quarterback, try to develop behind Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely does. can down the road and wait for Arch Manning to come out. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> then, then it'll be set. They'll probably be bad enough. By then. Yeah. All right. So you had mentioned, Scott, you had mentioned Marcus Mariota. He, um, right after the Matt Ryan uh, trade, they, Instantly went out and signed Mariota. That that oh, yeah. contract was probably still you know wet from the printer oh, uh, man. by the time he signed that. But uh, wh- how do you how do you feel about Mariota in in Atlanta? It's Chip Kelly's white whale. You know, back in the day, we wanted him. And ironically, the two of those quarterbacks are those two quarterbacks. They were that draft, and it was Winston going mm-hmm. and, all, and all that stuff. So it's kind of funny that they're revisited. I mean, Jameis Winston has a, a, another guy who's never been considered a, an elite NFL quarterback by any stretch, but he's got stretches of play where my God, you know, 50 touchdown, like this, this guy's 5,000 yards. Like this guy's weird. Like when it, when it comes to the NFL and, and he's a guy that can maybe give you something legit with the saints, with um, it, you know, an, an offense that has a lot of moving parts. Does Michael Thomas stay? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully uh, yeah. he could be on the move. Kamara, this could be that make or break. Does he lose a step year physically? Who knows? Um, you know, they they have to let a few guys go. They're not going to be able to resign everybody. Their their cap hit was horrible. Now they, they're trying to make that work. I think Winston is obviously the better play. Mariota, I, I really don't know what he gives you. I mean, he was he was passable fantasy wise. He was meh. Uh, you know, with Tennessee back in the day, and then you sit behind Derek Carr for a few minutes, that's fine. But what is he going to bring Atlanta? Is he going to help to, again, bridge the gap? Is he really being brought in to almost back up? I didn't see what his deal was, but is he going to bridge the gap if you did make a trade for another quarterback to be a solid backup? Again, knowing if you got Jimmy G, he gets hurt a lot. Baker could be coming off a tough surgery. Like, what do you do with that? Or do they draft somebody and have him just kind of hold the reins like a Sammy sleeves kind of guy. And, and maybe they dump him at the beginning. I, it, I don't think Mariota helps that team a lot. I mean, it's, 
again, to say he's better than Matt Ryan with one arm is probably not good, but uh, at the same time, you know, that, that he just, he, he's never been that guy. It just, we had a lot of hype around him, but it was just part of that. He was a product of that college offense and it just never translated to the pros. I think the Winston going back to new Orleans is actually a good move for them. And and they're going to have a new coaching staff, everything in place, similar, but, but different. It's not Sean Payton's offense. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but, but down deep, I know they're, they're worried. Oh, Arthur Smith is back with Mariota. Um, I don't see them ripping off like 13 wins by having Mariota at their quarterback fantasy wise. Again, if they maybe re-sign Corderell Patterson, he really was so dynamic. You know, he was that unsung hero for everybody's roster last year, Kyle Pitts. He's going to be my maybe only keeper uh, who quietly had a good year NFL wise, but was a little hit or miss until the end with, with fantasy. Maybe there's some stuff there, but, um, you know, again, Ridley being out for the year, that that's another killer for them. So we'll see. And Gage is gone. Gage went to Tampa Bay. So, you know, who who's going to be that next guy to step up or do they draft somebody? Yeah, Atlanta with uh, Marcus Mariota, they're not going to be winning any games. I mean, Marcus Mariota is not really going to win any games, especially with their wide receiver core and where it's at right now. I feel like we should expect Atlanta to either draft a wide receiver because I don't know if they really want to trade for one at this point. I feel like they're going to want to draft one and then maybe in 2023, look for a quarterback or this year, just straight up. Cause they're, cause the thing is now like with the Colts committing to Matt Ryan with like, there a few teams have a few quarterback needy teams have committed to some quarterbacks like the commanders, right? Like the Colts with Matt Ryan, like there are a few teams that's locked up quarterbacks. So they're only like a couple teams that really need quarterbacks. So Matt Ron, Seattle I mean, and then Willis, yeah, like two Seattle, Seattle, Atlanta, Carolina. Like there's only a mm-hmm. few teams. So maybe Atlanta, like maybe trades up, gets Malik Willis and mm-hmm. wants him to develop and be their future quarterback potentially. So it, it's going to be, it's either going to be a receiver or quarterback, but I, I'm, I, I want to lean receiver because there's just no way that you can go into a season with that type of receiving core. Like there's just absolutely nobody there and you want to support Kyle Pitts and make him your future because you don't need to get an elite receiver. You need to get somebody that can at least be a number two next to Kyle Pitts. You don't need to get like a DK Metcalf or like anybody like that. You just need somebody like, that- uh, you don't like Olamide Zacchaeus who has always been that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, he's not know, someone that can step up. As <laughs> but uh, yeah, you need to get somebody in there, but you also need to fix your quarterback situation. So, It'll be interesting because I think they could just draft a receiver, let Mark Schmerrier start this year, wait till 2023. And if Mark Schmerrier doesn't work out, they pick one of these elite quarterbacks. No matter which way they go, they're probably going to be a bad team. The receiving core is weak. Like they're going to be a bad team. I think that that's exactly the route that they were going to go because with Matt Ryan's dead money on the cap this year, it's so much. Yeah. It's why bad. would they draft a quarterback? I mean, not that, yeah, not that cost quarterbacks a lot. even cost a lot, but they still are, you know, with the, the salary scale that they have for, for draft picks, they still are going to end up paying a rookie quarterback a lot of money. And like, why would you do that? Like, I feel like, I feel like Atlanta sort of used Mariota as a bandaid on, you know, somebody cutting off their arm. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to trade Matt Ryan. We're going to, you know, kind of look towards the future but we're going to we're going to sign Mariota to sort of appease the fans and make it look like we're trying to, you know, that we had this this kind of plan in place the whole time. And, and Arthur Smith and Mariota go back to 
their days in Tennessee and and this sort of like a, a pacification of the Atlanta fans with, with the Mariota deal. As far as the Jameis Winston resigning, again, I think the biggest thing with with Winston is, you know, we only saw him for basically six and a half games last year. I think he played fairly well in those six games. Uh, he had a couple of really good games, obviously, week one against the Packers when he threw from five touchdowns. You know, he he has that in him. And I think that the Saints did a really good job with with re-signing Winston. I think, like you said, Scott, with Kamara still there, with Michael Thomas coming back. And, you know, apparently the from what I'm hearing, the beef that he sort of had with the organization was sort of directed mostly at Sean Payton. So now that Payton is out of there, you know, maybe Thomas is is a little bit more inclined to to sort of get back to uh, yeah. you know, his 2019, maybe not that, that good, but you know, that, that early career form for Michael Thomas. And I think that bringing Thomas back and, or having Thomas back and having him, you know, sort of buy into, you know, the, 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 the offense this year and, and buy into the team. I think that Winston could potentially be a, a really, I don't want to say a good quarterback for fantasy. I think he could be a very good streaming option this year, because there's definitely going to be times like when they're playing the Falcons, um, you know, there's going to be games that the NFC is, is by far the weaker conference now with all of the good quarterbacks going to the AFC. So as far as, you know, trying to keep this a little bit in, in the fantasy realm, I think that Winston's a guy who, you know, I might be throwing on some of my benches at the end of drafts just to, just to sort of stream during these weeks where, you know, they're playing some of these weaker NFC teams and, and, you know, Winston could, could have another four or five touchdown game. So I, I like the signing with Winston uh, Mariota again. I feel like that's a bridge, but yeah. Um, Hutch, how do you feel about, about Winston? You haven't really. Oh yeah. Winston. Yeah. I didn't really mention, but Winston. Uh, yeah. I think it's a solid signing for the team. I mean, as a cheap quarterback, cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like within, cause they can try to win now, but I feel like it's not going to be successful with Winston. I feel like he's just not that guy. And I feel like within the next couple of years, I mean, uh, Scott was mentioned earlier with Kamara potentially falling off with Thomas, you know, he's, he is getting older. They're not going to be able to bring him back at everybody this year. Their cap situation is pretty awful right now. I feel like the saints are soon going to just absolutely collapse and just go into a full rebuild. But I feel like they have like one or two more years where they can try to win with Winston. And that's a good thing. Cause they're going to try to be competitive, which means Winston will have a better, like, will be driven to score more fantasy points, throw for more yards, throw for more touchdowns. Not he's going to be trying to win games. And I think Winston could end up being a quarterback two in a super flex league. If you really want one, if you want to go deeper for your quarterback two, you can do that. And for some games you could stream because he's a guy that we've seen be a top five fantasy quarterback. We've seen him have games with four or five touchdowns. So he's someone that can absolutely have some big weeks for you in fantasy. You just want to keep an eye on him. Yeah, and just to circle back real quick, I think the way that offense could go, if you look, if you combine all three New Orleans quarterbacks, just fantasy again, looking at like points again, just in our league of record, um, you would have been hovering around Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts stats. Now, he didn't have a full season. We know Taysom Hill gives you a little bit more of a dual threat dynamic, and Trevor Simeon is Trevor Simeon. Um, He's got, like you just said, two, uh, you know, super flex, a two quarterback league concept. Yeah, he's definitely going to be there. He's got top 12 potential with the offense around him. It's just a matter of healthy consistency. Um, you know, does Marquez Callaway come into 
what we thought he was going to be last year, plus a Michael Thomas, Kamara, uh, who plays maybe at a high level for another year. Because they are probably going to look to push all in, knowing the amount of moves that they have to make. And to get over that hump, their window is closing faster. I mean, they've been a bridesmaid in the NFC for years, going back to 2016, 17, 18. They've always been behind everybody. And yeah, I get Michael Thomas has beef. I'd be pissed too if he had Taysom Hill throwing me balls, especially in the playoffs. I wouldn't want to play. <laughs> and then Drew, Ble- you know, you lose Drew Brees, which is obviously a whole thing in and of itself. But yeah, I think quietly, I think Winston will be underrated. He'll be floating around. He'll be like your old Matt Stafford that used to be on the waiver wire. And you pick, yeah, should I pick him up? Maybe, maybe not. And then he gets hot and ends up as a top 10 quarterback. He's got the potential. It's just what they're going to be able to put around him and protect him uh, on that level. Yeah. But that offense runs through Kamara. If he's on, he's on. If, if he's not, then they, they don't have a, a second a second bell cow or, or dual threat guy there. Yeah, it is pretty true. Yeah. Wow, man. We went through, we went through that pretty, pretty uh, extensively there in, in a pretty short amount of time. I think that hitting these, these quarterback moves sort of, is like setting the table for dinner. We're we're definitely going. Scott and I, I know, are going to get into, uh, you know, some of the other moves moving forward here into April. We're going to hit a little bit of the NFL draft. Um, you know, do a little predictions on on where guys are going to go. And you know, it seems like a, a lot of the with a lot of the quarterback moves that we were talking about today, we all seem to think that there's going to be a lot of wide receivers taken in the first round of the draft, or or you know, near the top of the. Uh, of the draft first second round and uh you know it's it's going to be interesting it's going to be it, a lot of these teams like you said they with with the moves they're making it seems like they're they're definitely pushing all in with these quarterback moves so you know getting some extra talent around them is going to be um pretty important hutchinson thank you for coming on man again if you want to follow him on twitter he is at you want me to say it yes i don't want to mess it up i don't want to mess it up i got it at TYFM NFL. I knew that. See, I thought I was going to say. I, I or if you that. search up Hutchinson Brown, I'll come up as well. But that's just my okay. handle. But honestly, God, like you, your name is great. And you sound like you should be like an offensive tackle out of Alabama drafted in the top five. <laughs> I swear to God, it's awesome, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so much fun following you on Twitter and everything. And you are... You know, you always for when you get older, it's always, you know, if I knew them, what I knew now, Pat and I've been doing fantasy for a long time. And then the technology yeah. comes on board and we're like, oh, maybe we could do that. Yeah. What you're doing now, pal, you're knocking it out of the park. Please continue on for for all of us. You're, you're, you're really you're great. You're really great. And we appreciate having you on, man. Thank you very much. Oh, man, I absolutely I really do appreciate that. That means a lot. I'm super happy to come on the show. It was super fun. We'll be in touch maybe later this year, pal. We can go, go back and talk about how we screwed these calls up. or, or <laughs> That's usually I figure out what I screwed up and Pat's like, oh, yeah, well, obviously, you know. Yeah, man. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, that's going to do it for tonight. And we will uh, we'll see you guys probably in, a, in another few weeks. Peace. We'd like to sincerely thank you for listening to the show. You can follow us on Twitter at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. We put out a lot of funny and informative information on there. Our email address. If you'd like to email the show is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. Make sure to click the little plus wherever you're listening to follow the show. And if you like what we do, please leave us a review. We'll be back next week with more fantasy football info to take your team deep. 
here on the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast.